Last week, we began exploring the factors that posts can take into account when they assess the relative weight of previous authorities. We spoke primarily about the role of Rov. How does one determine majority when not dealing with the case of Sanhedrin where there is a formal vote? Is it significant? I want to turn to another rule today. Halakha kebatrai. The halakha is like the latter authorities. I want to make two general points about this rule. The first is the very existence of rules like halakha kebatrai, as we will see, is indicative of one way in which poskim determine how much weight they should give to particular authorities and how they should come to halakhic conclusions. Rather than simply returning to the Gemara, or even returning to the analysis offered by a given Rishon, or a given Achron, a given Poseik, many Poskim will rely on rules, which tell them that if Poseik X argues on Poseik Y, or these Poskim argue on those Poskim, so then one should follow a particular posseik. That type of rule is one way in which poskim can really shift their model of psak from one in which they put the analysis, the independent analysis, of the primary sources front and center to a, to a situation in which they give the primary weight to the ways in which the halacha has been interpreted by previous authorities. These rules tell them that regardless of the way they might understand the Gemara, or even the way they might understand and feel about the analysis offered by a particular posaic, they should follow a particular position based on a rule which tells them that you should assign a given weight to particular authorities, and that should dictate the way in which they approach the halacha. The second general point is that rules like halacha kebatrai, or indeed some of the rules that we discussed last week, like who does one rule in accordance with when there is a dispute between a Rav and a Talmid, highlight the fact that often, rather than rely on the analysis of the Gemara, or even the analysis of the Gemara offered by a particular posaic, poskim will be influenced by the identity of the authority who offered a particular position. And that will help them figure out how they want to rule on a particular decision, regardless of how they might feel of the content of the arguments. Now often, and this is generally the case in conversation, people believe, who have been learning, that more weight is given to earlier authorities, and indeed that is often the case. The earlier the authority, the more weight it is seen to have, to, to have either because of an assumption of intellectual greatness or closeness to Sinai, However, when it comes to practical halakha, the rule of halakha kibatrai points in the opposite direction and says the halakha follows the latter authorities. And this points in the direction that it's not about those that are older and greater, but there's something about later positions that make them more authoritative. For our purposes, we won't spend too much time on the philosophical question here, but just a, a moment to get it out of the way. As mentioned, often in the Gemara, there is indication that the earlier generations are to be seen as greater. Statements 
such as Imharishonim Kimalachim Ach Anachnu Kvne Adam Vimarishonim Kivne Adam Anachnu Kichamarim Veloka Kamarosha Pinchas Ben Yair that if the earlier generations were like angels, then we are mere humans. If they were humans, then we are like donkeys. Statements like that are often taken to mean that the earlier generations are intrinsically greater, either spiritually, intellectually, or both. And therefore it is surprising that we would have a, a, a rule such as halacha kebatrai, that we follow the later authorities. To explain this, often Rishonim relied on a mashal, whose importance we will come back to later in the shir, of the midgets on the shoulders of giants. Namely, they acknowledged that it is the case that the earlier generations may have been greater, but just as a midget on the shoulder of a giant will see farther than the giant, so too a later generation may understand the halacha better with the hindsight of those previous giants. And therefore, it may be legitimate to follow the later posseik, even if one acknowledges the personal status of the earlier posseik being greater. Now, there are other formulations. If one looks through the writings of Rav Kook, one can find more mystical uh, reasons that may explain this rule, um, such as that perhaps individuals in each generation are not as perfected in terms of their intellect, in terms of their midot, but the trajectory of the world, the spiritual trajectory of the world, may be holier. As he writes, Kol dor vedor mosif al hadarot harishonim. Or t- even going back a line before that, this is from Igrot Ra'aya, Chelek Aleph, Igarat Shin Lamid Bet. When it comes to the essence, the internal, not the individual, but the eternal essence of the nation, the power of the generality, of the holiness of the nation, of the congregation of Israel, each generation adds to the holiness of that which preceded because Kedusha accumulates so even if it's true that the later generations have less Torah, less mitzvot, less perfection, their Kedusha adds to the Kedusha that is built up in the, um, in the collective of the Jewish people. And therefore the later generation will express a deeper holiness even if the individuals within that generation are not as great as those who came before it. Formulations like this will help explain philosophically rules like halacha kebatrai. But now moving to the halachic aspects of this rule. <clears throat> For the most part, I will be following the analysis of Rav Mordechai Goodman in an article, Halacha Kebatrai, that is found on the Asif website. He notes that there are two general approaches to this rule. He ascribes them, respectively, to the analysis presented in Mishpat Ivri by Dr. Rabbi Dr. Menachem Alon and Professor Yisrael Tashma. One way of conceptualizing this <coughs> is that Halacha Kabatrai is an indication of right. While it may be, as we mentioned before, that often Poskim believe that they have to grant more authority to earlier positions, the rule of halacha kebatra gives the right to later generations 
<coughs> to challenge those of the earlier ones. And this is the position that is outlined by Dr. Menachem Alo. On the other hand, Professor Tashma notes that the majority of the poskim, and this is the conclusion as well as, as uh, of Mordechai Goodman in his article, that for most poskim, though not all, the rule of halacha kabiatrai was meant to be seen as a limiting force, as a binding force. Meaning, as we started with at the beginning, poskim, <coughs> when they are not sure how to rule halachically, will often rely on rules of thought. And Allah Kabatrai is one of those that limit the range of options that a Posik believes that he has. Now what drives this rule and what does it apply to? So we must ask several questions. First of all, we must ask why such a rule would exist. And the second thing we have to do is ask, what kufot does it apply to? Does it apply in the Gemara? Does it apply to some generations in the Gemara? Does it apply to the generations after the Gemara, etc.? So let's begin with the question of why there would be such a rule at all. So here, Ray Goodman outlines three positions that are found in the postgame. The first <coughs> is the following. The first is the position that Halakha Kibachrai is based on the reality that people learn in different ways. And the earlier generations, and we'll return to which generations those may be, um, but for the moment, let's focus on the Gemara. He notes that Tosvot, in one place, and several other Rishonim, this is a Tosvot in Kedushin Memhe, argues that the reason that Halacha Kebatrai is only true after the generation of is only true after the generation of Baye and Rava, is as follows. He argues that in the earlier generations, the role of the Amoraim was primarily not to rule on Halakha, but was to, with faith and integrity, transmit the traditions that they received from the previous generations. But <coughs> their primary goal was not taking that information and coming to a halachic conclusion. Rather, they were recording halachic positions of previous generations, so that later generations could use that information when they would determine halacha. However, when it came to the generation of Abaye and Rava, there was a shift, and the, and the Amoraim at that point stopped focusing merely on transmitting previous psakim, but rather... They focused on taking that information and attempting to construct halachic conclusions. So Rashi as well has this position, Nida Dav and he writes as follows, Said the later, I'll pick up just for the relevant line, he says the later Amoraim, they were very careful in the reasons of the Tanaim, and they established the Halacha um, with clarity and its conclusions, but the earlier generations did not pay attention to other people's positions. Each generation would simply pay attention to their tradition of their teacher, and he would teach it to his student as it was, 
Viaita nikrait mishnah brayta. That's what we call a mishnah brayta. Vayinotenli bola teitam l'shmuatel, and he would try to understand and give rationales for the tradition he had heard. Zenotein tam l'dvarav, vezenotein batam acher. This one would explain in one way, this way in another. Kida amar ligmar inish vahader lizbar, as the Gemara in Shabbat describes that they would first learn the position and then they would explain. And Mishnayot were just like that. They would describe these traditions and the rationale for them, but they would not try to come to a firm halachic conclusion that would take in the entirety of the tradition into account. The Maharek in Shuvah Peidalit goes even farther and writes that perhaps perhaps it wasn't just that they only cared or primarily cared about their own teacher's position, perhaps they weren't even aware of the positions of other uh, Tanaim or other Amoraim. So possibility one of why you would say Halacha Kibachai is that one of the things that determines the authority of a position is what was the intent of the of the posseg learning. And according to this position that's found in Rashi and Tosot, the Marik, earlier positions that intended merely to transmit information, to transmit misarot, to transmit the opinions of particular poskim, those positions are less authoritative than those presented by poskim who view themselves as responsible for taking the entirety of tradition into account and formulating a cohesive halachic position. The second rule that's offered, and this is found in the Rush, in Paragdalad, in Sanhedrin, Siman Vav, goes as follows. The argument is that the reason we give authority to the later poskim is not because the earlier generations were greater, but because the earlier generations did not have the did not have the benefit of hindsight. Because the later generations, when they paskin, they paskin not just in light of their own position, but in light of the <clears throat> entirety of the tradition. They saw the earlier positions all the earlier positions, and if they chose to rule differently, so that is evidence of the fact that they feel either there was a mistake with the, with the um, earlier position, or that the other authorities understood the issue better. And therefore, the later authorities who have the benefit of seeing the entirety of the tradition and weighing out the earlier positions, even though they may not as individuals be greater than the previous post-scheme, they are granted more authority um, in fact, in the Shut bin Yemen Zev, in Siman Chaf Aleph, he argues that it is this understanding that makes the Bavli binding over the Yerushalmi, because the Yerushalmi is written first, the Bavli second, and therefore the rule of Alacha Kibatrai allows us to rule like the Bavli as, the, as they were aware of the traditions that are in the Yerushalmi. The third possibility, and this is found in the Ramami Panau in Siman Kufir Aleph, is perhaps that, in fact, in certain sense, the later generations were, in fact, smarter, or at least de- um, devoted more to the to a- to the analytic um, pursuit, 
And in one line he writes, Maybe the reason is that the later authorities were in fact very sharp. And, and later on in that piece, he says, And later on, the Abai and Rava, they added new types of argumentation. So possibility three is in fact a denial, in a sense, of the convic- conviction that the earlier generations are always greater. And in fact, claiming that perhaps under certain circumstances, the later generations were in fact um, more rigorous, smarter, however one wants to formulate it. And those are the three explanations that are given for the rule of halacha, kibatrai. If we move now, not to the rationale, but to the application, um, you will find that there is quite a range. So possibility one is that this rule only applies in the tkufa of the Amoraim. That it only applies during the period of the Amoraim. As the Maram al-Shakar therefore says as follows, this rule of halacha kabatra is a rule when interpreting the positions in the Gemara. And in fact, the later positions in the Gemara are more authoritative. However, after that, once one closes the Talmud, once one's dealing with positions of the Rishonim, so then in fact the earlier positions are the one that have greater authority. And that is possibility one. Possibility two also believes that this rule is one that only applies in determining which authority within the Talmud is more authoritative, but not granting more authority to, let's say, the Acharnim over the Rishonim, or even the late Rishonim over the early Acharnim, because there we would give more authority to earlier poskim, but rather it's only in the Talmud, but not a general rule that all the authorities in the Talmud, um, the later ones are given more authority. But rather, it depends on their generation. And this is something we mentioned already before. The possibility that there's a distinction between the generations before Abai and Rava and those after them. So, for example, Tosfot in Brachot Lametet, Amud Bet, writes, that when it comes to the earlier generations of the Amoraim, we follow rules such as the Rav, B'makoma Talmid, in the later generations, post Abaye and Rava, because, as we mentioned before, the possibility that in the early generations of the Amoraim, they focused on transmitting traditions, and in the generations of Abaye and Rava and on, they focused on establishing halacha. Therefore, Tosud argues the rule of halacha kibatrai is only from Abaye and Rava and on, from when these rules, or this change in methodology, was established. And here, you begin to see the, nafkem, the the differences between the different explanations for the rule. If one thinks that halacha kibatrai is simply a description of the fact that certain generations focused on learning practical halacha and other focused on transmitting traditions, then this is not a rule that helps us post-Talmud at all. This is merely a description from within the Talmud, or the difference between the generations before Abai and Rava and those after them. And even the other rule, who believes that this is true in all the Talmud, as we noted from the Maram al-Shakar, and there's evidence of this as well in Rashi and the Rif, who do focus on, who do use this rule in earlier Amoraic discussions. So that may not be about Shittat Halimud, that may be that they assume 
that they saw all the previous positions or something like that. Though, of course, a position like that might extend beyond the Talmud, but one could also limit it to within the Talmud and say that within the Talmud, all the authorities were great enough that we give importance to the fact that they saw the Amoraic positions before them in a way we wouldn't uh, afterwards. However one wants to understand it, you find many poskim who limit Many of the Rishonim who limit the rule of halacha kibatrai either to the Amoraim in general, such as the Rif and the Ra- and Rashi, or at least to the generations after Abaye and Rava, such as Tosud in several places, uh, and the like. According to these post scheme, however, halacha kibatrai is not going to help us in terms of practical implementation of Psak in a post Talmud world. And in general, amongst the Svarti post scheme, those who are influenced by the Geonim, or the Rambam, or in general in the Sephardi poskim, one finds that halacha kibatrai is often utilized as a rule in determining which position in the Talmud should be accepted, but is not utilized in understanding how one should poskim in a post-Talmudic position. However, amongst many Ashkenazi poskim, halacha kibatrai, either because of the midget on top of giant imagery, or simply the understanding that the later generations saw the earlier positions, were able to take them into account, see the problems, take the fuller picture. This became a rule that affected the way in which Postgim um, ruled on post-Talmudic material. And for example, if you look in the Tshuva Marek, Tshuva Peidalet, he writes, the Kol he says in later postkim, just like in the earlier postkim, they did this with the Bayan Rava, so we do this as well. And you find this um, in many later postkim, as I mentioned, especially Ashkenazi postkim. Now, there are postkim who believe that there has to be a certain passage of time. So, for example, if you look in the Yishud Ginat Vradim, in Choshen Mishpat, Chelek Choshen Mishpat, Kal Heisim Antet, he writes, Beposkim Achronim Shem Krovim Zelazamea Shana Matayim, Pshita Diachola Chlokala Valacha Kibatrai. He argues that Poskim within 100 years, 2 years, uh, 200 years of each other, in fact, we rule like the later positions. But when there are several hundred years between the post games, so then we don't say Allah kibatrai. And here you see a bit of a hybrid position. Where on the one hand, he does feel that the earlier post game have more authority, but he also grants a certain level of authority to Allah kibatrai. And therefore, he thinks that there are tzkufot. Within a given period, the later post game, who are of similar stature as the earlier post game, but also the advantage, have the advantage of hindsight. We poskim like them, but when there's a significant difference between the later poskim and the earlier poskim, so then we poskim like the later, uh, then we'll poskim like the earlier posek. So, as we've seen, there are several explanations for the rule of halacha kebatrai, and then there are several questions as to when it applies. Again, those poskim who think that it's about the difference in styles of limud are going to limit that too either particular periods within the Amoraic period or the entire Amoraic period, um, but they're unlikely to apply that post-Talmud. Post-Gamu think that Allah HaKabatrai tells us that 
having the benefit of tradition behind you and more of the tradition, being able to see the bigger picture, gives you more authority, will use this even in later generations. Though, as we noted, they may not use it as a predictive rule under all circumstances, and they may try to both keep the recognition that earlier post-gim are generally considered more authoritative and the recognition that later post-gim have an advantage that the earlier ones didn't. And as in cases like the Ginat Vradim, when it comes to individual authority, who's several hundred years earlier, they will give that post-sake more authority. But within a Tkufa of post-gim, who they assume are of similar stature, they might give authority to the later post-sake, who has the advantage of seeing the full uh, picture. Now, one particularly important point that should be made here is one made by the Maharik, that is Nifsak Lalacha by the Ramah. Perhaps the most dominant understanding of Halacha Kibatrai that emerges is the one that we outlined. Simply that the, the assumption that the later poskim had the advantage of seeing the positions of the earlier poskim, seeing the entirety of the tradition, and weighing it out, understanding what potential problems there might be, understanding how the other positions interact with it, and the like. Now, while the other positions that base it on styles of Limud, the halacha could, could employ the halacha of kibatrai even when a particular position was unknown. This rule cannot. If you believe that, the rule, that halacha kibatrai is because of the assumption that later posseik had an advantage over the earlier posseik, if one would come up with a position, would find a position that was found in a rishon or an achron, of an of early um, of an earlier period with great stature and found that that psaac had not been published or had not been seen by later postgame, then in fact you would not rule like the later postgame but the earlier postgame because you would know that the later postgame in this case did not have the advantage of hindsight because they were unaware of the position and therefore the Ramah following the footsteps of the Maharek and Simon Chafei and Choshen Mishbat <coughs> in fact, rules that the rule of halacha kibatrai that we give authority to later post game does not apply in a case where a newly found rishon is discovered. If a position of an early authoritative rishon agon is found, and it is known that the codifiers of halacha did not have access to that position. Then, if one follows the rule of Halacha Kibatrai on the assumption that the later postkim had access to all the information of the earlier postkim, but that turns out not to be true, then in fact, you would follow the earlier postake. Because again, this, in, this understanding of Halacha Kibatrai recognizes that as an independent person, the earlier authorities have more power, more authority than the later ones. And the advantage of the later ones is merely that they saw the positions of the earlier ones. But if you have an early position that has not yet been seen, then it's new information, and you now are able to turn the clock back and rule like that early position. And that is another nafgamina to the question of why exactly it is that we give more authority to the later postgame. Is it the style of Limud? Is this assumption that they had advantages? Um, and how, do you, how does that change in a case when you know that the general advantage that later postgame have did not apply in a particular situation? Now, there were other post-scheme who distinguished between types of arguments. Namely, arguments that were offered based on logic versus those 
<coughs> based on svara. And this goes in both directions. The Tajbates, for example, write that the benefit of uh, the earlier generations is that perhaps they had better access to information. But if a later generation has a new svara, so then they are in fact allowed to argue like the later generation because svarot, new analysis, can be offered in any, any, any generation. The later generation may have an argument that the earlier one does not. But when it comes to tradition and the authority, the authority of a tradition, so then the earlier authority has more weight. On the other hand, um, there are other post-scheme, such as the Rajba, who write the exact opposite and say that the earlier generations are assumed to have better svaro. They're assumed, in terms of their actual ability to paskin, to be greater. The reason that the later post-scheme have more authority, halacha kebatrai, is because they have access to more positions. They have access to more traditions. So a later post can say, I paskin against an earlier authority because I have so many more positions at my disposal that point in the other direction. But they cannot argue misvara on the assumption that as an individual, the earlier posseik has... Um, has a better grasp of the halachic system. Now, as we noted, all of these formulations that we've seen are weighted towards the side, as um, Professor Tashma outlined them, of viewing halacha kibatrai to the extent that it exists as a limiting principle, one that limits the options that are given to a posseik. Um, though, as we've noted, there is the other aspect of it, um, and this is the one focused on by um, right, Dr. Menachem alone, the notion that all these logical arguments that we have put forth, the midget on the shoulders of giants, the ability to take the totality of the position, it's not meant to limit the power of the posseik, but is actually meant to grant authority and ability to later post-scheme to paskin differently than their predecessors. And while there is some material that points to this understanding of halacha kebatrai, um, it does seem to be that many of the sources, if not most of them, view this as a limiting principle, as a way that postkim determined what they were bound to follow rather than how much their rights within the halachic system. Now, there are other tensions within this uh, within this rule. How do you deal with the rule of halacha kibatrai when it faces other rules, when it faces rules like a preference of a rav b'makom talmid um, and the like? Um, modern poskim such as Rabuvadi Yosef deal with the question of how do you deal with this rule in the context of Achronim versus Shulchan Aruch when they did or they did not see the position of the, of, of the Shulchan Aruch. Many modern postkim deal with the question that we will deal with in, in, in coming weeks of how does this these principles play into positions that are found that are that have not yet been seen, as we already mentioned, positions found um, for example in uh, in manuscripts um, and the like. Um, but for now we will summarize as uh, as follows. What we've seen is that one of the ways in which post-scheme 
determine the way they're supposed to paskin halacha is in light of what previous authorities have said. But because of the complexity of what that means, poskim try to do two things. One is they try to gauge the relative weight of different authorities, and the second is to formulate rules. And halacha kibatrai, and how one accepts it or does not, is a good illustration of both of those factors. On the one hand, you have poskim who limit this principle, perhaps only to the period of the Talmud, because of their conviction that there was a difference in style of learning between earlier and later generations. But fundamentally, they believe that authority should be granted to the earlier positions. And, and from here you see that they do have a rule, but their rule is mostly that positions aren't granted equal weight. Earlier authorities are given more weight. Others believe that is given to the later authorities because they are assumed to have a broader perspective because they've seen all of the earlier positions and made their decision accordingly. But as Professor Tashma notes, while there may be certain postgame who talk about this, of the fact that postgame have more perspective is a reason why they can argue in earlier authorities, often what it means is that postgame feel constrained by these rules and by their recognition of the way previous authorities have understood the tradition and have taken it in its totality. And Halakha Kibatrai is therefore an illustration of the types of constraints that poskim feel when they are determining Halakha, not based on their independent analysis of the primary sources, but rather based on their assessment of the best Halakha as emerges from the way previous interpreters have understood the Halakha. What we'll return to in later weeks are some of the more complicated details of these types of issues, and specifically the question that we have already discussed from the Ramah of what happens when a position was not found in the tradition, was lost, and was rediscovered in manuscript. How does that change the calculus, knowing that many of the, the svarot, many of the arguments that would say halacha kebatrai and the like do not apply in a case where something was not part of the tradition for a good number of years. And that's the type of question we'll return to in coming weeks.